It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show they want. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. We're not in my apartment. We are at uh, it's DCM weekend, Del Close Marathon, so we are at the UCB Theater Training Center, and I am joined by one of the founding members of the Upright Citizens Brigade and the showrunner of Key and Peel on Comedy Central, Ian Roberts. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad that you admitted it was not your apartment. I yeah. Got, I got nervous that I was part of a fraud. If you like had to pretend, and I'd point at things in the room, and you'd have to pretend that that's yeah, like my kitchen. All dirty at the end. Yeah. Deceived the podcast listening public. But how do they know listening that we're really in the training center? We could oh, be. Oh, my gosh. You've just opened a can of worms. Do we tell them? We are flying over international waters, uh, actually towards the earth. To you know, so it's like we're zero gravity. We're floating. In. We're in one of those planes that goes up where they mimic um, weightlessness. Weightlessness, yeah. and it's in. We're in Air Force Two. Yeah, and I'm sick to my stomach. It's not a feeling that if you're not used to it, it's difficult. Yeah, so it's I, hard. I may vomit during this. But luckily, the director of gravity, um, Quaron, is here to sort of direct us because he has some experience with mm-hmm. weightlessness in mm-hmm. in media and film. Thank you, sir, by the way. <laughs> you, I enjoyed Gravity um, very much. So <laughs> thanks for being here. Um, you know, it's funny. He didn't do any of that stuff. The, on, Apollo, was, on Apollo 13, they, they did, did that. They filmed again and again, just dive towards Earth in a plane to achieve the weightless. I thought that was so flawless and believable. In Apollo 13? Uh, in both. In both, in, yeah. In, in Gravity, was... when they were shooting themselves through corridors by pushing off the walls. Oh my god. I you know and I feel that in general about um these superhero movies I just I really never think that it's not happening. I completely lose it used to be 20 years ago you're like you just suspended disbelief. You're like, okay, if, it was like watching uh cardboard waves at the front of a stage with a fake ship. You know, it's like, okay, they're trying to represent that they're on the ocean. Right. But now I just feel like I'm watching this stuff. I- Gravity was when I saw a photo of like a green screen thing from the shooting of Gravity. I was like, wow, like even the things that she was there, she was like working on a control panel in space. And even that wasn't there. It was like so someone said they got very disillusioned seeing uh, a behind the scenes thing about Game of Thrones. Oh, boy. Those elaborate sets are then in some studio with a green screen. We have a why would you go to location when you could be so much cheaper? Um so we're going to be watching a TV show. Are we already, again, I'm not going to lie about what the situation is. We are on Air Force Two. We are in mid-flight. Absolutely. is here. Yep. We've watched the episode of TV that you want to watch, but we'll be watching some clips to refresh our memories. Why don't you, uh, what, what show did you decide to watch today? Well, what I decided to watch was uh, the season premiere of True Blood. And I just, this is, so one, I've watched every episode up until now. So clearly... I like the show right. on some level, okay? But I feel a little bit... I just want to make it clear. This isn't like my pinnacle of television. What it is is that right now, that was what was on my DVR, and I knew I needed to... You know, I was going to watch it. And so you asked me what to watch, and I didn't want you to have to search through archives to find something else, you know? Well, I... But, uh, but, but all that being said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've watched every episode. I like... I like um, urban fantasy and uh, like I, I follow this series uh, the dresden files okay and then a few others monster hunters and all of them deal with i don't know if i've ever heard that term urban urban fantasy urban means fantasy. you're dealing with things like elves and werewolves and vampires and uh the fae which is elves and um everything uh and but but it's in our world. Wow, I've never heard that term before. Is so, this something yeah. that you've been into for a while? That my wife of... got me into it. Interesting. And, it start, and she got into it by way of straight fantasy, you know, uh, right. like Lord of the Rings and whatnot. I mean, there's just millions of these. And and what's interesting about them is they they all involve world creation, both urban fantasy and, uh, of course, uh, straight fantasy. It's usually not Earth. It's it's Earth like, you know. And but uh, but uh, yeah, I love urban fantasy because I love. 
that you don't get to disconnect and say it's just some other world. It's like, no, all this stuff exists. And they usually find a plausible way to explain why you don't know. Some use the, the government keeps it secret from you the same way people think that they keep aliens secret right. from us. But in uh, the Dresden Files, the way they deal with it, they say everybody's experienced it. But we, it's so jarring to our minds that we... We, we explain it away. And most people do have one weird thing. I know I have one, one thing where I woke up from a dream and it seemed like there was a thing on the edge of my bed and it disappeared. Of course, eventually I said, well, whatever. I was still dreaming. I thought I was awake. But he says, everybody has this, but we all uh, get rid of it. And the other thing is that while supernatural beings are so much more powerful than humans, we're like rats. There's so many of us that right, at the end of the right. day... If it ever came down to a full-out war, we would beat any supernatural. So, well, the vampires are so much more powerful than us, and the Fey are so much more powerful. And he deals with everything. He deals with Odin. He deals with <laughs> Mab, the Queen of Winter, and all this stuff. But but they all keep it on the down low because at the end of the day, you don't want – we're just so the many The full of population yeah. to know. And, and, and nukes and all the powerful weapons we have that we would destroy them. Ultimately. So, and then in True Blood, because I had never seen True Blood before, but I'm a fan of Alan Ball who created the show. Or it's based on a book, I think, right? Is his show before that? Was Six Feet uh, Under, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. one of the best yeah. dramas I've uh-huh. seen before. Uh-huh. And But I've never really checked this one out because I don't. Not that I'm against urban fantasy. I guess I just haven't <laughs> fully explored it, uh-huh. um, though you give a very good uh, argument for it. Uh-huh. But I, so I watched HBO put together before I watched the season premiere, which we're going to be uh, talking about. HBO put together a, a catch up like clip for all what five seasons God, before. That'd be insane. Yeah. It was so it's eight minutes long <laughs> and it's just like. I don't know, remember the characters' names, but they – it's just every – parts of every single episode and the storylines are so insane. Like she learns yeah. she's a fairy. She oh, is yeah, into this yeah, yeah. Uh, vampire that killed her mother, but her mother's on the other side. Like, just, well, This is off a series of books and True Blood is a reference to a product that was made by the Japanese, which is synthetic blood. And that's what I love. They all have – they explain it in terms that are plausible. So vampires always kept themselves secret because, of course, the only way they were being alive was from feeding on humans. Right. But they could come public because now they could claim, whether they were or not, that we're not feeding on humans. We're drinking true blood. Right. Which, by the way, they find true blood rather disgusting. It will nourish it's them. It's going to be, but yeah. It's, but it's, it's like they really love your know, real blood. It's like there's something. And, and, then, <laughs> and then super tasty to them is uh, fairy blood. Ooh, and and, yeah. and, is, and so uh, Suki, Suki, who is the main um, character, uh, Anna Paquin's character, she turns out she's half fairy, and so everybody just, wants a piece. Oh, they, and they, you can smell they smell the blood. You get around her, and they go, "What are you?" you know? Yes, that's the first yeah. line of this episode. Oh, yeah, okay? yeah. Well, that clip was just the. We'll get to the episode, yeah. but yeah, the first thing is so crazy in this episode that I was like, "Oh my god!" But I did enjoy. Uh, I did enjoy. Watching and I like what you're saying, like the idea that you're bringing vampires and all of the fantasy into our world. Like they picked up, they treated it really well. And I feel like, do people say that this is like an allegory for like racism, racism, yeah. or like homophobia, or you know? yeah, very much, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, it's that, and I think they often use um, uh, the supernatural in that way. Yeah, you know? so because let's be honest, minorities are. <laughs> That's that's what we're beating around the bush about. But <laughs> thank you for being brave enough, <laughs> yeah, to come forward. With I'll that. finally, I'm finally willing to say it. Um, so, and when when you watch the first uh, bunch of seasons, this is the final season of True Blood, right? Apparently, yes. So, yeah. how? What was your excitement level when it came back? Are you like it's not really? I, I'm telling you honestly, and I and because if I met these people, I want to shake their hand and say, "Hey, you know, I've watched all the right. episodes. It's it's a lot of fun. It's got its problems. Yes. You know, it's it's sort of ripe. You know, it's kind of uh, overwrought, and it um, but it's fun. It's, it's fun, fun. You it's... know, but uh, you know my. My favorite shows, like I love one that nobody cares about. I love Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, I, I watched the first three seasons. Of oh, that. did you? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I love Boardwalk Empire. You know, um, like everybody else in the world, uh, I I loved uh, Breaking Bad. Oh my god! Know? Yeah, and I love Mad Men, and a lot of people have soured on it. I, I love Mad Men. 
It's funny because last time, uh, la- last year at the DCM, Matt Walsh did the podcast. We were talking about Mad Men, mm-hmm. and I think if I remember cor- correctly, he likes it. I've watched every episode. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I will not miss an episode, but I'm in and out of like interest level. I hated show. the first episode of this season. Hated. I can't yeah. even explain. I was like, this is just boring garbage. And you know, <laughs> you, you know but but I love I've loved everyone since then. Um, <clears throat> Well, here's the thing, the joke on all of us about all great episodic TV, the ones we say are great, because there's episodic TV is the old-fashioned kind, and by the way, I watch one of them. You want to talk, if, if, if I feel guilty about True Blood, I'll confess to you, because I want to confess how uncool I am. <laughs> I watch Castle with my wife, but I'll tell you why I watch that, I'm, and I like it. I, oh, the other one I watch that's a straight old-fashioned episodic, and I, and I do recommend this one, is Elementary. Okay. It's oh, that's the uh, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes in New York City. Right. You know, and I love the Sherlock. The BBC one's yeah, awesome. So do I. But so I'm telling you, and it's and it's pretty much murder she wrote type Columbo, whatever that they solve a mystery each episode. But uh, Johnny Lee Miller is magnificent. That is the funniest portrayal of Sherlock wow. Holmes, and and not broadly funny, not not mocking him that he's such a prickly character and he's so insensitive and so clearly. On the, on the high functioning autistic, right. that it's just so that. But then um, the other one, I say Castle, it does not have all that cool. I can I tell you, it's a totally <laughs> different reason. My my in laws uh, turned me on to it, and that's who watches it. Really, is in-laws. old people <laughs> is old people. But my wife and I must be approaching becoming old people because what I like about it, first of all, I love to spend time with my wife, and we used to watch all this television, and then TV became too angsty to her and she she really i'll tell you if anybody ever puts a kid in peril she, she'll quit the series she thinks that's a really cheap way to you know get people's Hook emotions yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. like i know forget it now i'm done you're lazy but um <laughs> but i i had not watched tv for years when i met my wife and i was arrested in thinking tv was what was happening when magnum pi was on right. I, I just hadn't watched right. i had a vcr and a tv with no cable and i was watched films and then when I started dating my wife, she watched this second generation, and we think we've gone further yet, but she watched uh, ER, NYPD Blue, Law and & Order, and The X-Files. Right. And I was like, holy shit, TV got great. I mean, I was, like, I was really into these shows. And then there's this whole other generation, which is Sopranos, post-Sopranos. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and that includes The Wire and, it, and so much great um, – uh, Homeland. I mean, oh my so much God, magnificent yeah. TV. This is now. like the best. I don't know. I mean, I've obviously watched TV my whole life, but I feel like right now there are just so many great shows oh, yeah. that everybody's watching that I'll find out about later, and I'll just. And now I'm watching. I just started watching Fargo, which I never. And you I'm, know, I've got it, but but I've agreed to watch it with my family, and they put me off all the time. So I'm only one episode in. But the first great episode. Things about it. Have you seen the I first, the first oh, episode? Yeah. I like. I was uh-huh. that. Had oh, me. how about um, True Crime? Uh, you mean True Detective? Sorry, yes. Yes. Amazing, right? So, 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 so there's so much. So here you go. <laughs> I just want to put in context. I picked this show. It's it's so down the line, but that's what I had that was recent. All my other things are on hiatus, you know. But um, what I was going to say, I never got to that point. I was saying the joke on all of us about all this great ep- modern episodic right. TV. Because there's the old stuff, which is one-offs. And I tell you, I watch a few of those. I love Elementary. Highly recommend it. But um, it's that it's a soap opera. So we kid about, you know, the suburban housewives, although that's probably barely true anymore because everybody works. But back when I was a kid, it was the joke about suburban housewives watching these things where you just wrapped up in other people's lives. Right. All these great shows have soap opera elements. Yes. Well, what's going to happen with this guy? What's, and, I'm, and I mean, I can, uh, True Blood is very much that way. You know, it's all these romantic entanglements right. and who's angry at who and... But um, but all these great shows. I mean, Mad Men is crazy that way. Yes, absolutely, opera, absolutely. You know? But it's it's a magnificent. But in a way, our lives are. It's a little heightened, but our lives are soap operas. It's not completely, especially if you're catching people at certain points in their lives. Oh, absolutely. You know, the younger you are, the older I've gotten, the less my life is like a soap opera. I go home, I see my wife, I see my kids, I watch old old people TV, and I go to bed. <laughs> you know, but. Uh, but I mean, when you're young, I think you're like, yeah, life is crazy and chaotic, and and it and it's 
justified. These, yeah, and then there are definitely these... characters that weave in and out, and you're caught up in it for a while, and then that just drops off for a while, and they uh-huh. come back. Well, yeah, they make... Game of Thrones, you're just like, what happened? Like, there was that one episode of Game of Thrones where they were just in the north for oh, the yeah, whole yeah. episode. That yeah. was interesting. They've yeah. never done that. I'm like, wow, we didn't see anybody, and there was big stuff going on because... Uh, Tyrion, you see? Yes, yep. yeah. He he was about to, I think, was left the episode before that his, you know, the um, the battle fight. for for his life with yeah. uh, the uh, the mountain, which again. was amazing. You yes. know I mean, that was so, but my daughter. She's so funny. She doesn't watch a lot of shows, but she follows people who follow shows, so she knows everything. Right. And she tells me there's something big coming up. I said, da, da, da. and she said, oh, and she told me beforehand that they were. So I knew it was going to be graphic and strange because she told me how they were filming people watching it. Yes. I, I filmed, won't uh, even look at Twitter girls, if I've missed. Yes. One it's... cup or whatever it was. It was like that. You know, it was, they were filming people going. Oh, oh. oh <laughs> yeah, and it was totally. I remember we watched it and we were just like, oh, my My wife was just like, we were just blown away by that. You know what shot. I loved, loved, loved? It still may be, may be my all-time favorite show. And had they taken it to the end, I might say I loved, um, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe the name slips me. The, uh, the uh, Western show, Mining Town. Oh, oh, uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Deadwood, yes. Deadwood was so yes. good. Such a good show. And I, I was so angry at him like angry like somebody had come in my house and robbed me and pooped on the floor <laughs> and he didn't do those last two two-hour episodes oh, yeah, they were supposed and to... instead did what was it called john from cincinnati oh my or god i remember watching the first episode of that I was thinking, and what, like, you what are you thinking you had you had like an all-time great television show in my mind and some I mean, of the best just, characters just, on yeah, it just TV. really appealed to me i don't know swearingen and all these oh, swearingen's amazing it just it just just grab me. I mean, I so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if everybody loved that much, but for me, I'm like, there's never been better. Type. I love the elevated language. The language. Is I love the characters. Were like, oh, you know. And then he leaves it to do this show. I couldn't get through a half hour of like. It was what brutal. They had like this? this own like twin language type thing, and oh, yeah, it was yeah. just bad. But I was like, what? What? What happened? Was the deal so much more lucrative for the other show? That Obviously not, this, because it this lasted brilliant like brilliant show. Ugh. You know. So um, why don't we check out – oh, my God, my voice. Why don't we check out um, – If you don't know, the Del Close Marathon <laughs> is, is sort of 52 hours of people screaming a lot of the times. So. I literally did it. I should put up a show called Yelprov at 3 oh, in the morning on Friday night. and yeah, that, that'll, that'll do your that, voice in. That was the I, But By the time point. I finally improvised, really improvised – with other people, imagining there's a fourth wall. Because I was doing all these things where it was Besser, me, and Horatio Sands just interacting with the audience. Right, right. And I'm just yelling like a buffoon <laughs> after doing the, a class where I'm telling all these kids how to you know, do this the artistic craft, improv. Yes. And then I get up. And, and so when I got to that show, I said, boy, it's gonna, i got to readjust because I've, I've greased the groove of <laughs> screaming at the audience. I, was, I talked now. to Colton Dunn yesterday, and he said that you were saying that you were yelling in all these things. And, and not, at yelled, the Key and Peele improv show, you were excited, and the first scene was just yelling. Right yelling on. the whole time, <laughs> talking about how my wife had hidden the fluff of nutter from me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to check out Refrain. Uh, Fresh ourselves on the season premiere of this season of True Blood. Uh, let's check it out. You out of taste? I get that you want to keep all to yourself. Sink your teeth into that sweet flesh. But then your mama tell you it's nice to Trust that line and I will fucking kill you. Me? I'm dying anyway. I've got nothing to lose. I said that he couldn't come inside. I never said that he couldn't hurt you. We could share, huh? We could fuck, huh? I need you to drink my blood. What? If you drink my blood, even one drop, I will always know where you are, and I will always be able to protect you. All right, cool. So we just... uh watch some of the True Blood season premiere to refresh our memory. And uh, actually, when I rewatched the clips, 
because I went in sort of blind to this. So when I was getting the clips together, I was like, oh, I now I totally understand the show. Like, I felt like I got into it a little bit more. Uh-huh. I read a little bit about it because there's a lot of elements. And this episode starts off with literally <laughs> the craziest, like, fight ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's never been the vampires have never attacked humans like that in mass in general. They know. And I think they have the same. I told you about urban fantasy in general and yes. how they explain it that humans, at the end of the day, it's not a good idea to piss us off. There's too many of us. us. We have too much weaponry. So that's crazy. What they're doing is probably a bad idea. And so the concept for this season is that, or from the end of last season, is that some vampires, and they live in where? Louisiana. Yeah. Vampires are all over. But this focus is. What's it called? Bon, bon Tomps or something? I don't know what it is. But. And uh, some of the vampires have been infected with something called Hep V. Yes. Which is a... By a politician, a vampire-hating politician. So he... I believe. So did he do it to turn people against the vampires? You know what? Can, can I tell you? It's... it's uh, <laughs> it's Byzantine enough that I, I kind of don't remember, yeah. to tell yeah. you the truth. I... I I'd have to look That would back be my guess remember. would be if I was a politician and wanted to get people against the vampires, it'd be like, here's this virus. Oh, you know what that it is? I think bad. it was simply no, it was simply to kill them. They'll die from this eventually. That's what it is. Okay, so they but it makes nothing. them like fiends for a while before I they think, die. I, th- I, th- I think it might affect their mind to make them fiends, or is it just they're so angry about it and they're like, I got nothing. Like the reason I was staying rest- restrained was because if we really go after you humans, you're gonna kill us all. But I, th- I think it's what you said. I think okay. it is that it addles their minds. But, uh, yeah, they're all going to die. That one guy speaks to that when he wants to eat the fairy daughter in the house. He's right, like, I'm right. going to die anyway. It doesn't matter. Oh, right, right, right. Because he's right. like, are you going to stay out here in the sunlight and burn up? There's, and- uh, there's a girl who needs to be pr- – so one of the interesting things I saw in this episode was that <clears> – I guess it's because of the Hepfi vampires, but each human – has been sort of given a vampire to watch after them. Yeah, it's brand new, and it's just in this town, and it was suggested by this guy, um, Sam Merlot, who his last name comes from the place he bought. He's a shapeshifter. He should own own a wine vineyard with the name Merlot. Well, his parents rejected him, and he bought a a bar called Merlot's and just took took on the name. But he, he became mayor... And he and I think a pastor of a church, or he and I can't remember. Oh, it might be Bill Compton. Bill Compton, okay, main vampire. Main I think vampire. They, they came up with this idea. Here's a way to be safe. So it got out there. Vampires are going nuts. The way to protect us is because they need to feed on clean blood so they don't get infected by this hep, right. hep V virus. And the humans need protection from the maniac vampires. Now... One of the other things that happens in this episode, and I assume in others, is that humans get turned by, by vampires, like, and uh, into vampires. Was by, there somebody turned in this the, episode? Um, the guy who uh, is smoking the bong with a Vietnam vet. He does he turn himself or? Oh no, he's not getting turned when he says "bite me." Yeah, what no, does that mean? He's just let. They can feed to to turn you. They have to kill you and bury you. You have to do like a process. If you just feed off of someone, that's not a that's not the turning. So that's like a new vampire uh, idea, right? They, they all play with this because, of course, there's no such thing as vampires. Right. So Damn everyone, it. Can, everyone can make up whatever they want. <laughs> like they've, totally they've they've kept the sun, you know. Right. Uh, they staking. They kept that. Um, but yeah, the way you get turned is not. You know what? Honestly, I think that it's like that even in. Bram Stoker, right? Because I, I think there's a you know Renfield. I think is fed on it, so it makes you crazy and connected to goes, the vampire. But then they're also like in the old vampire movies when they'll he'll feed on like a beautiful woman or something, and then they just sort of turn into zombies, like yeah. the real like yeah. white. And, and, so so they don't do zombies, but there is the thing that you're always connected to them. They can smell. They know where you are or something like yeah, that. Yeah, once no once in, once they feed on your blood, I, that's what it is. If they feed on your, if we feed on their blood, a human feeds on the vampire. That vampire will always have this connection to the person. Because that's okay. And so, so with Suki and um, uh, Bill Compton, Bill Compton can always tell when she's in peril, and he'll <laughs> and run off and goes goes and gets her because they have this link. And that's why you got to be careful getting involved with a vampire because. On a bad side, they could hunt you down forever. You could right. never get away from them. On the good side, if they are good vampires, they might protect you. 
Right. And I guess... Can I tell you how silly I feel at talking <laughs> about uh, vampires? But uh, Did you... Were you into... You weren't into vampire and fantasy as a child? I never... I wasn't no, really I was into, into I was Lord into superheroes. The only... The, the only... I, I was never one of these really cool, intelligent kids that were into nerdy things, except comics. But it was just from a naive... You know... There was no nerd. I don't know. I just thought they were cool. I loved yeah, them. you there know. Was but, no... but that 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 was my thing. My only fantasy was, and, and which I loved, loved. And again, it's interesting because I love the Marvel universe, and the Marvel universe does exactly what I'm telling you. Urban fantasy does. Was yes. it incorporated into our real world? Whereas DC put them in this world of Gotham City. Well, Marvel was Metropolis. in New York City. It was in New York City, and they interacted with each other. Right. And I'll tell you, the pinnacle of that is this book, uh, Marvels, which is illustrated by Alex Ross. He's the best. Because oh, okay, uh, you know he paints yeah, in he a paints sort it. of a realistic well, that, that's style. That's the best I've ever seen it. And, and, in fact, the, and the X-Men movies are doing it well. Yes. That there was this explosion of superheroes that was related to the introduction of radioactivity to our world. Because really, you know... There's so many of the superheroes were created through radioactivity. Sure. Daredevil. The Hulk. And the Hulk and uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Is there anybody else? Or technology. Uh, and Fantastic Four flew. Oh, yeah. Cosmic Rays. That yeah, was Cosmic also Rays. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cosmic Rays. <laughs> cosmic Rays will get you every time. And because we're in flight right now, there is a chance that we, we could get. We could get, yeah. Man. We could be pelted by Cosmic Rays and come back. I just hope that of all those powers... I guess I'd go for invisibility. I don't want to get turned into... Invisibility... The, the thing is tortured. That's just thing horrible. thing is just... Anything that is physically visible, and I know that's bad to say it, but like, because, but if you look weird, yep. then that's just another... You're, you're already dealing with the powers, and then if you look weird, that's just going to be... You're going to be discriminated against well, immediately. Well, that's the thing about different... Um, in the mutant world, like the X-Men world, it's always the mutants that can pass. Right. It's kind of... Uh, and again, of course, that has total racial... Yeah, abso- absolutely. It's, it's interesting. And that's why I... I my, in terms of the X-Men movies, X-Men 2, I think, is my favorite because it deals with uh, that a lot, like the race that type. Was X-Men 2, was that the 60s, the first 60s? No, movie? that wasn't the first oh, okay. 60s. That was, I think that was first class. Uh, I, 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 I love that one. I like and that one. this one took it to the next level for me. My, my, so far, my favorite. I, superhero movies keep on getting better because I keep changing what my favorite ever right. was. And right now, I think I'm on the most current X-Men. Really? You know what? I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. But I'm a, I'm, I love time travel stuff. Uh-huh. And if the time travel... Not that... Again, time travel doesn't exist. But... Logically, you when there are things, it's just hard for me. You know to... what I think you might love? The consistency is, I thought, flawless. Is um, Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow, the, the new Tom one, Cruise. the new Tom Cruise. When I saw that, good. I actually, I thought it was really good. I liked elements of it. I liked the concept. Is great. I mean, it's basically mm-hmm. Groundhog, Groundhog Day, Day. Yeah, that's what everyone action did. movie. I, I, I mean, wonder. I wonder who got to say that first. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's like I got it. I know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can even imagine it being pitched like that. It's Groundhog Day. It's a drama. But there <laughs> is. Uh, so there are elements that are really great. But at the end of the day, I felt there might have been something missing from it because um, you know a lot of those. It's, it's, it is just fun, though. It's like a fun movie. What was another one that was similar to that where they were on a train? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was with – not with Shia LaBeouf. It was with somebody who looks like Shia LaBeouf or someone. Uh, I remember kind of liking that. Is that oh, with oh, Jake oh, Gyllenhaal? Was, uh, J- yes. J- Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. That was pretty cool. It, that was a very similar – very similar to Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. More simple that they're on a train, an explosion happens every time, and he starts yeah. over, right? right? Or was there a different... I, I, I can't something... remember it. I can't remember. But, you know, there's these, there's these movies oh, that... Yeah, ahead. he's like in a, he's like in one of the... It turns... Maybe... Spoiler alert for whatever the movie is. We can't remember the name of. <laughs> but I think he might be... In a vat, like in Minority Report, those like yeah. his brains in a thing, and he's sort of reliving it somehow. Yeah, I think Be- that is it. And the big spoiler alert. Now oh, I'm he remembering. He can figure out he how is, to do it. He can figure out how to stop this from having ever happened. And he's he's like a paraplegic, or he's missing a lot of his body parts, or something, and oh, he's yeah. in a vat or something oh, wow, like that. Wow. Well, it's a, yeah, there's certain things you can kind of tell what trips my trigger. This, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, because I don't see a lot of you see everything when I was in my 20s and now with a family and work. Yeah. I, so it's like there's certain ones I'm like, oh, I got to see that. And I'm usually pretty good at calling the good ones. Like I remember people goofing on the Matrix. The first uh, Matrix? B- is- before it was out. 
Oh, okay, you know, right, like, right, oh, right, Keanu right. Reeves, and I just knew. I'm like, no, that that yeah. looks awesome, <laughs> and that holds up. I feel like that it's so not unfortunate. It's just a bummer that the second two were just like they didn't. They should have never happened. I know it's it like was it over. totally ended in a way where he like sort of flies away, and there's like anything can happen. You know, like you know what would have happened if they if if those filmmakers would have died after the first film, they would be for directors what James Dean is for an actor, right? Yeah, James Dean left after like three kind of really cool performances and so it's like he's on t-shirts they would be because that movie is flawless i mean i just it's it's amazing introducing these filmic techniques you hadn't seen which was and part then of all it. this mishmash of philosophies from every different thing like uh, i would t- remember taking a philosophy class in college and they were referencing because it's like the cool thing you know but then it, like, the second and third it's like Oh, following awful. the underground like oh, rave world of no. the, uh, i mean no one should be it was just yeah yeah, I mean, clearly that's the way they wrote it, but I guess it's hard to walk away from the money, and I, I, I don't believe that they had in their minds. Like I'm, like this series, for instance, I, The Dresden Files, it's not like the guy keeps on dragging it out. This guy has mapped out 22 books. Right, in wow. In the most general of terms, you know, and then he figures them out when he gets through all the cool specifics, but I don't think they had three movies ready they to go. Have. I think they wrote one perfect movie, and people said, God, come on, you gotta go back. But there was no reason to go back. And I don't think they've really, rec- I don't know if they've done much of the Wachowski siblings now because one right, of them, not brothers, yeah. one of them uh, went through a change. Uh-huh. I, I don't know the proper way to say that, but. Um, they are transgendered. They're transgendered. Yeah. And, uh, but they did like Speed Racer, they did Viva Vendetta was okay. Pretty good, yep. Uh, they did Cloud Atlas. Eh. Oof. Yeah. And then I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah, they're, they're they're not doing as badly as uh, M Night Shyamalan. Oh God! He but, every time he has another movie come out, the, I'm like, how did it's they a like, little lower? Yeah. It's like a little worse, a little worse. And and the best that's gotten is is because he he finally stopped doing that one trick, and then it became not good in a different way, like yes. really bland. There's something he did recently that was like kind of a shoulder shrug. What the happening? Oh, no, there was no, that, no. The, that was the old stuff. That was still a surprise at the end. Uh, that well, that's getting there. And then there's one past that. Yeah, that there was one I was even surprised he did. He, he, he's not. He's not on because it wasn't even. Uh, I'm going to uh, look advertised up as being his movie. Oh, that's like, a bad that? sign. That's a bad he sign. Did that? But I mean, oh my god, the one where. The the excitement of the movie is the leaves blowing. That was yeah, the that was happening. The happening. I remember seeing oh, that in theater. That's just like was unwatchable. That was one where people were like, "You have to see this in the theater because it's so bad. Like it's really re- oh, After Earth was the that's it. I yeah, which which that that won all of the what do they call those things? Raz- the, the Razzies. Razzies. Yeah, I watched that. Oh, you watched I couldn't it? Make I didn't. It the, the, there, here's the one thing that I don't know if they didn't show it in trailers, but. <laughs> Was that there a surprise at the end? They no, didn't no, have one, did they? It was okay. the surprise. It was that Will Smith and his son, Jaden Smith, have a created accent that's not based. It's like a future oh, accent no. that is so bad that you're like, why? why? Like, were you thinking that this is like a cool idea? It's like it's so far in the future that it's an amalgam of things. But it just You sounds- know, I just suggested that in, in one of the improv shows, the ones where we're not really improv talking to the audience, because – People had been saying where they're from, and so some of the people had cool accents. And then we got to someone, and they had no accent. I said, oh, you can't follow blah, blah, blah without an accent. I said, just make it up. And I made up some regional accent. You know? and, and, of course, it's like it's never going to make – unless you're like a di- – I mean, they probably even hire dialect oh, yeah. geniuses. Well, like those guys who created the real – like the Klingon language apparently is out there because a guy – because I guess there is there are logical patterns too. And right, all languages have different grammatical. And I think Dothraki things. in the in the uh, well, uh, someone came up with that. Yeah, somebody yeah. came up with that, and it's like its own thing. And in Lord of the Rings, I think there are you know Elvish and all that uh-huh. stuff. But After Earth, <laughs> the <laughs> accent is accent. so bad. Yeah, but M Night Shyamalan is one of those ones that everyone is a notch down from. Yes. I mean, he, another guy who needed to die, and he could have been. He James needed Dean. to. He but, needed to die. <laughs> some, somebody told me though, and this is a director, our director from Key and Peele, who I really respect. He claims you go back now and you think it's not really that great. You saw about Sixth Sense, you know. Well, I, I thought it's great. You know? I saw the Sixth Sense after it was. Uh, it was out there that there was a twist. Yeah. I sort of saw it after that big wave of like you have to see it. So yeah. I, when I finally saw it. I remember watching with my dad. Two seconds in, and two seconds in, I was like, "Is it that? 
he's dead and he's like yeah so i watched he was like sort of just like nodded like yeah and i watched the whole thing knowing guessing immediately i was like this isn't you know when you watch it like that yeah yeah but it's also when a movie has is based on that twist it can never although usual suspects does hold up i think uh-huh uh even though that i remember the crying game was all about He's got a dick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know who ruined that for me was Billy Crystal in the, in the Oscars. He sang about it. I was too young, and he, it was uh, the lyric was, "Those eyes, those thighs, surprise." It's the crying game. Uh-huh. That was the. Uh, I tell you what, oh, what interests me, because uh, some shows I saw, uh, movies I saw a while ago, and I really liked them. But I, but in my mind I said, but that was just like a popcorn movie. Like that was probably right. And I'll tell you the one that blew my mind. One day I just lit upon it while I'm going through channels and watched. I'm like, oh my god, this is a masterpiece. Die Hard. Die Hard is Die great. Hard is a visual and storytelling masterpiece. It is, and you know, and it's, what? And, but it's the most mainstream movie in the world. It's it's <laughs> huge, and it's you just think of it an action movie. But when you even when you read, like I've noticed in screenwriting things, screenwriting books or references to like story structure and mm-hmm. stuff, that is one of the things that people really reference. And when you watch it, you're like, yeah, this is pretty. Yeah, it's a combo perfect. of a great story and really well filmed. I mean, it's just, and and I'm not. Like I say, I talked to, pre, to Peter Atencio, director of Key Peel. He talks about, you know, he, he gets things visually. Right, right, so right. So it takes a lot for me. But there's something about that. It's just like, this looks great. Yeah. The way it fills up the screen and, and the, the colors and the lighting. And, and it's just so good. But, it, you know, and it's funny that, to look back. I remember when I got a job in a video store when I was in my early 20s. I would just go through and rent everything of like I'd see every William Holden movie. I'd see every Humphrey Bogart movie. I'd right. see stuff like that. And and one revelation to me was, oh, because I thought without looking, I thought, oh, people didn't used to act as well. Well, it's true. Everybody who were the 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 second tier people, the supporting characters, they all acted old fashioned and crazy right. and they and there was still the dialogue. But the deal of a star, why you were a movie star back then, is because you could act. Right. And they're just like any actor from this generation, although it's back Jimmy Stewart and William Holden and totally. and, and, and the, you get this, I would have thought really goofy because they're imitated, you think you can nail them down and that they had a trick, but it's someone like Humphrey Bogart that everyone goes, Hey, look here, kid, you know. You watch oh no, he's a great actor. He's a great That's actor. why he was a movie star. Yes. He was a, and and so that was one thing it was an eye opener. And then it was seeing the classics that I was too young to see when they came out, The Exorcist yes. and Jaws. And yes. like, oh, these are great. Oh my movies. god. Are They're, you do you like Rose? Mary's baby that's you know I haven't seen that since an in-between level like I feel in my teens I'd have to see it. that's it like great? one of those for me like with Exorcist and Jaws but Ro- you think Rose it might Mary's... be goofball something yeah, like, like, like there's something element like, it's like scary you yeah. know but when you watch it it's filmed amazingly uh-huh. it's just you're so drawn in and it is legitimately creepy the uh-huh. entire time and it's just building a, you, like you're sort of with her that Things could be creepy or they could be totally uh-huh. logical. Uh-huh. You know, it's this sort of like, is she going crazy or is this really happening? And it's, I think, one of the best, one of my favorite movies. But it's the, like, like, it's not a surprise to me if you see that something you never saw, like Midnight Cowboy, you kind of think, oh, that's supposed to be artsy and great. Yeah. And it's great. But it's those ones that were just big, giant, giant successful yes, movies. Yes. And you look at them, you're like, oh. And it so happens they were magnificent filmmaking. You know? Yes. Well, that's why they're. That's why Spielberg Spielberg now is because of of Jaws. The good ones. Yeah. The good. Yeah, the good ones. Yeah. When it's good, it's good. When it's. I don't know when his last one was. I don't know. Oh, when I saw that horse one, uh, whatever that one was. Yeah, I was like I saw it too. It's kind of like because it, it, it had it had a lot of trumped up moments, which it's what he loves. Like he's paying homage really to, and he probably is considered it's a period piece. Yes, absolutely. Like, purposely but they just feel false sometimes yes, absolutely you know? absolutely well i have to ask because you obviously key and peel that your guys is very sort of cinematic a lot of the stuff a lot of it's based off of tv but it's i guess do you guys uh is it just it must be just everybody pulling from the things that they're actually into because it seems like that's an element of the show is that you mean the genre stuff? the genre that, stuff yeah there's two ways i think we go i think everything the aesthetic on that show is humanly recognizable. Yes. So either humanly recognizable can come from the kind of stuff you experience in your life, your own 
things you do that are kind of humiliating or embarrassing or you see other people do and kind of shining a light on human foible. But then there's some areas which we can't know about. And, and it's funny because I just heard about uh, a writer telling me that the show he worked on wouldn't let them do anything genre, basically. And it's like, well, then how? Then you can't write cop scenes because I've never been a cop. Right. You know, I, you can always write people in you know sitting around in uh, suburban and urban settings and talking the way and and dealing with human stuff. But if you're going to get into an, an ER, yeah, you room have to do like or a ride along stuff, or how something. How do I know yeah. this? And so then, for comedy purposes. Yeah, we're going off genre. We're, we're the, the way the kind of things we find funny are off the tropes. Yeah, you know? and that's what I love about this show personally is like what you're saying about the cop stuff is like there was one sketch where it's I don't know if it's cops or criminals, but walking in slow mo and oh, it's just yeah, birds yeah. flying by them, yeah. and it's like just picking up on those little like things that you always uh-huh. notice, and it's. Uh, yeah, genre-wise, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's all. Uh, the look, I mean, the, the writers write them well and, and do good observations, but then it wouldn't be the same if the director didn't take them to the next level and, and film them that real, which is such a rare thing in sketch. And Yes, it's amazing, too, because, uh, like, <clears throat> Chappelle's show, I feel like, was the start of, like, the, the this generation of Comedy Central-type things. But when you watch the, the show, I think the comedy holds up. But filmically, stuff now is like above and beyond. Well, what it's, it's almost. Ever been. Uh, it's almost. I talked about this somewhere else during this festival. That with sketch, it's an institutionalized sort of traditional thing that production values can be subpar. Yeah, you know, and some of it. I one since the kind of granddaddy of all. There's no more successful sketch show in the history of sketch than Saturday Night Live. It's a live show, so it's not gonna. You can't have it look beautiful. Right. You got how many sets per episode, and you know. But but then other sketch shows too. I mean, I I, I point to Monty Python whenever yeah. it does. It looks awful. Yeah, but it's fun. I mean, yes. I, I, believe you, I love the aesthetic. It's it, there's something about that goofy when it goes outdoors. It just feels like it was done with the whatever the available light was. Yes. And, but they're in there. There's scenes on sets. I mean, it looks like like a cardboard yeah like set. a wall will fall down yeah, and it's yeah. tar- but but that's but that's but and then they have you know fake anvils that say a thousand pounds falling by so they just they just embrace that but there is for some reason i don't feel like anybody ever went as far as we have to try to say but why yeah it doesn't, and, and i can't say better or worse because i still love python and and i love all the you know mr show any show i respect i still love the comedy but it's just an interesting thing that why didn't anybody ever think, well, it might maybe you get a little extra out of something yeah. if you're so there. Because my theory about comedy in general, I always, as much as possible, want everything that's not the part of the scene that's funny to be reality. Right. Because I find the contrast, the starker the contrast, the, the better the laughs. And, you know, uh, Peter, our director, took up the, you know, took the visuals to that level, which is awesome. Yeah, it's... it's um yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's a great show. I, I don't want to compliment too much because I know that might be awkward, but I enjoy it very much. Um, not as much as True Blood, which we just watched. <laughs> but um, going back to True Blood a little bit to give the fans, if there's somebody out there who's only listening because of True Blood, I think we should talk just a little bit. by the bit. way, if you are, it means you're kind of a super fan. And again, I, I, I'm trying to ride this Oh, line. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because, you know, hey, I'd love for everybody to think I'm the ultimate smarty pants and it just, that's all I'm saying is that this is not – it's a good show. It's I a good show. It. I don't want to – please don't – let me. if you came here to listen because some is guy – Is the part of – I, I have to say part of the thing with True Blood or when I saw it was coming out was that Twilight was big and all mm. that stuff that mm. it – Twilight, by the way, is, can't stand it. Yeah, which is like – So so believe sir, me, I do have some discern discernment in, as far as urban fantasy. But that. do you think that this – the vampire – I feel like in the last 10 years it's sort of had this resurgence of vampire stuff? Or, well, I think or it goes it ever been, since the, the woman who wrote the, both of those books. Oh, Meyer, Stephanie Meyer. The Twilight? No, no, no. no. The, the way before that um, – Huge Mary author. Chef, no. She wrote the one that uh, uh, that Tom Cruise did a film of, one of her books. 
Not Mary Shelley. Rice. Oh, Rice and Rice and, and rice. rice and Rice. I think you mark it from then on, this kind of thing. And there's always an element of it is the sexual nature of vampires, right. There's a, which, which we spoofed on Key and Peele. We did something about the sexy vampires, and this guy just gets turned. He's like, man, why are you all licking each other and <laughs> hissing? And, and he calls them out on, you don't have to go, when you let your fangs come out, look. He just makes things go in and out. And, you know, so there's definitely this thing of this erotic is element it, of vampires is Anne Rice because I've seen that movie, but are her when I think of her name and on a book, it feels sort of like the. Um, is it like those like Fabio type book cover books, or is it, it's not oh, like that they? level? I, I don't. I don't think I don't they're think like so. that inside. I, I think they're kind of fun. I read a, a, an interesting one. Apparently, she got very. She had a Christian conversion, uh, and like Bob and Dylan. Yeah, and, and related to Catholicism particularly. And she wrote this whole book about Jesus. And um, well, she seems like she's a, a good, you know, a good writer. I don't think she's like a romantic. Okay, novelist. okay, that's I, my... But I'm saying I don't think. But, but if the movies are... I haven't, well, read, the her, I, I haven't read her vampire book, so the movie didn't seem to have those elements. No, it didn't. It, it didn't. Like Maybe it's just... mythology. Like, I, I like that thing, that a vampire had to stay relevant. And that if yes. he kind of doesn't have someone that he's turned who's of the current generation, he kind of fades away. They all have a little interesting twist that they bring Well, to- I like in this one, we, we watched one of the clips of uh, a Vietnam vet that had been turned. And it's a cool element that within this show and in the world of vampires, you can be a vampire sort of from like any age after vampires exist. Yeah. You can, if, if you're turned during the Vietnam War era... That's your reference point. Uh-huh. And in, then uh, there was also a flashback that was sort of like a Civil War thing. Civil War, that's Bill episode. Compton. And then uh, Eric was a Viking, so he's thousands <laughs> thousands of years. And, and in their mythology, the older the vampire is, I think it's in most vampire mythology, is that the stronger they are. The stronger so, they are physically or mentally? And altogether. Altogether. Faster, stronger. You basically don't have a chance of beating a vampire who was made before you were. Whoa. In the... And then one other question about this episode was yes. there was the Russian roulette sort of scene yeah. with with uh, the woman that you said was a, pres- uh, a prostitute in the 1800s. Yeah. And they're in Marrakesh, and they're doing a Russian roulette pointing guns at their chests. Uh-huh. Was that... That was just for her excitement? What is her... What's her character? Oh, she's kind of desperate. She... Uh, you're super connected to your maker. You end up kind of loving the person and, that turns you, that, kills that turn you, you that mm-hmm. killed you and turned you into a vampire. And his maker released her, which is a big deal. And how do you physically release someone? I think you just say it. You're released. Say, yeah. And they've got things like that. Same way someone can say in this most vampire mythology has this, but you can come in. Right. You know, and then you can come in right, to right, someone's right. house. But words have power. And so it's simply like, I release you. And you do that, and now you don't have that connection. So I think she's looking for him, but she, I'm assuming she doesn't have the connection anymore. Mm. Otherwise, she could find him easily because they'd be you know, forever linked. But, uh, so she's, she's kind of desperate, and the meaning has gone out of her life, and I believe that's why she was playing Russian roulette. Yeah, because that was intense. I was like, I don't know why anybody would play this on purpose, because isn't Russian roulette usually a, like, a torture thing? All, see, no, I don't think it is, but no. you must know it from, from Deer, Hunt. Deer Hunter. Yeah, 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 yeah the Deer yeah. Hunter that made to do it. But no, I think people play it like a game. God. You know? We're ta- here we are. Of course, neither one of us have the slightest idea what the reality is of, of Russian roulette in the world. But from my understanding of yeah. Russian roulette, it would be like a gambling thing that someone – you're such a badass and you're so sort of existential and at the end of caring that you – Gamble with your life. I wonder how many live games of Russian Roulette have happened in the last like year. I wonder if that's like a tr- like a how many people in you the know world what? as have a, as as we speak from our equal uh, degrees of zero knowledge of this. I kind of I'm going to go towards your theory because when you hear about human trafficking, that it's something like. Four million people yeah. at a given time. Yeah, maybe it is something that people are made to do. Because, like, I to me, if, if it happens at all, you know, yeah, if I, it, I, you know, the snuff film has never been proved. Oh, uh, where, where there's, there's like a sexual death, where there's a death within just a death. I think a snuff film was just that they kill someone on film, and you can get the film. I don't, I, I don't think anybody's ever seen a snuff film. So Whoa. it might just be 
someone's creation. I, I feel that way about all those names for sexual acts. I feel that many the names come before the existence right. of the act. Well, I was working on a show at midnight on Comedy Central, and I sort of like it's all about the internet. And I was delving into. Were you working on it when I did it? Uh, yes, but I wasn't there the day. Okay. I, I I couldn't be there for the shooting that okay. day. But I know that you guys had to do a short form improv. Um, oh, it didn't end up on the show. The, thank God. Yeah, I know. Besser texted me afterwards, and he was like, "How did you let this?" <laughs> um, but. Uh, and we were terrible at it. I we mean, really, we were legitimately like a, was, bad at it. It was like a game where what it was like a, a story conducted story, game. yeah. Uh, and uh, but I was looking up sort of like online fetish community when we were sort of still figuring out what the show would look like because uh-huh. uh, that's part of, one of the big parts of the internet is fetish stuff. Oh, but there's yeah. like lunars, which is people who the sound of of touching balloons so there'd be like women touching balloons and like i tell you that's a thing of the internet and i feel it is is a positive when it's just people that their um their obsession is victimless and a negative when but it's that people can find each other it turns out yes that there are no unique people in the world they're just they're part of unique subsets but there's other people like you. And the wonderful thing is that, hey, if it's not hurting anybody, you can find your people Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. You know, and I think the very simple thing, thing that everyone's known about forever, but like S&M. Well, great. Because that's – I mean I always think about that normal dating. I'm going to – let's see if we like the same kind of music and, geez, I wonder – I mean but if you got that, it's like – yeah, let's get a big thing out of the way. I will need to spank you hard, right. or I will need you to ride me and whip me. You know, I mean, let's not waste time. Yeah, let's get <laughs> there's, that out there's, immediately. There's, there's no use. Let's let's do a big weed out. Okay, there goes ninety nine percent of the population. Let's now date within this. You know, yeah. but but all kinds of things. I think it's very like kids that are bullied. How, great, let's talk, and you're not alone. But then on a, a nightmare level. I'm a racist. Oh, boy. Oh, you can find a racist or um, I'm a pedophile. You can find fellow pedophiles. So I think there's a lot more good than bad. But (laughs) I like the reason I'm a pedophile. I'm finding I guess it's more finding people to give me pictures of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just or or, or, I'll probably tell you how to do it. What a horrible. The best way is to be a pedophile. But but I think much more of, you know, like. My daughter has uh, – she does Tumblr a lot and she just finds people with these – and it works really well because you find people – you start by finding people who have some interest in common. Well, if they like this, it's likely they like – that you'll like this other thing they like. The right. same way if we're friends, I probably don't like some guy you're going to find objectionable. Right. You know, maybe you'll like this guy. And, well, and it it's works. interesting you say that because I was having a conversation re- recently about how – do you wa- use Netflix streaming at all? I have. Well, I use that a lot and – one of the things that it starts to do is give you suggestions of what you're yeah, going to like, yeah. but it sort of narrows your, you know, I, I feel like when you go into a movie, when you go into a movie rental store, which basically doesn't exist, right. you might stumble upon something that you'd never thought to watch. Uh-huh. And that sort of is not happening as much. Because so one Netflix. thing the internet can pigeonhole you by, uh, right. But what you're saying is that if you find a community of people that they might find other, like that's the cool thing is that people might sort of introduce you to new oh, things. Yeah. yeah. My, my daughter's definitely found music and literature that she likes. And because, Oh, if you like this, you'll try check this out. You know, my wife does a lot of, um, uh, internet stuff with books mm-hmm. and people recommend books and she beta reads people's books before they're published and cool stuff oh, like that's this. cool and, yeah so um yeah but i think that cause i think that's one of the most tragic things in the human condition is thinking you're alone yeah you know i thinking oh god I'm, you know i think of nerds in quotations and i think how much that has changed it's such a better situation for kids because i th- well one i think bill gates and steve jobs shifted everything because it's like oh uh nerds are rich people who run the world okay <laughs> you know? yeah i mean it's just uh, but but then also i don't know people find these groups it might I, I might be just that i live in a privileged community where kids are brought up to be tolerant but it seems to me that there's a little more live and let live when i was a kid i don't know i feel like there was still that kind of I, I know there is I know there's bullying problems and everything but suffice it to say that I think that it's it's nice that people can search out on the internet people who like 
this thing that they like or have this problem they have and realize they're not alone. It's a yeah, it is. And I, I remember I recently was talking to someone and he was saying like he, which I don't have, but maybe because uh, I'm a little bit older, but he's like, he has friends through the internet. I don't, and I don't think I've ever met Wild, somebody right? through yeah. that. I was like, oh, that's sort of weird. But at the same time, it's like that totally makes, makes sense. sense. At this in, point. in a way, it seems like it could be, well, definitely much more efficient and, and very real because there's no superficiality to it. It's about yeah. your thoughts and but beliefs then of course, that will attract you. There are, there's also catfishing now, right, too, right, which is, right, 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 oh, right. God. But you know what? You lo- there's something, even maybe it's something that story that you needed, you'll learn from well, I've heard this, that every so often it works out. The person meets the person, and there is an initial disappointment right. and shock, but they're like, you know what? I do love that person. Right, yeah. You know, because I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, oh, I think I got it off that TV show. Catfish. That sometimes it works out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not what I thought, but I'm going to figure it out because I love this person. <laughs> you know, and they just don't look. I'll tell you a time when I remember as a kid, so I can tell you this could happen so much earlier had there been the internet, was I was a big comic book fan. And in my town, no one cared about comics. And comic book specialty stores barely existed. They were mostly back issue stores. They were in big cities. I lived close enough to a big city. I could have found one, but I didn't know to look for it. So I bought my comics off a newsstand, one of those spinning racks of comics, but I loved them and I collected them. And then I went to my dad, found out about a comic convention, the Marvel Comic Con here in New York in 1975. Wow. And when I walked into that at the Commodore Hotel, it was like the world opened up. I, I, it, it's it's so it's kind of sad, but to this day, it's one of the most magical moments of wow. my life. Because well, because it it was so I love this stuff so much, and it was like I almost couldn't run from table to table quickly enough because it was like these are the things I heard about the old comics, the twelve cent comics and the ten cent comics, and look at and it was just and, and the artists were there drawing the stuff, and everybody was there loved what I loved, and I was like. Oh, it, it, you know, it, it was, it, it, yeah, it made me feel like that th- thing you feel like when you're in love. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> you know? And I mean, I could have I known there was stuff like this so much earlier. And then I started bagging my comics because I found out, oh, people take care right, of them. Right, right, right. But I had, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's nice that people can, yeah, that's, that's an example where I had to stumble upon that and I might have never found it. Imagine, imagine you're a, co- a kid who collects comics off a news rack in Oklahoma at the, at the time when I lived. Yeah. I was lucky. I lived 15 minutes outside of New York City, and my dad was a nice enough guy to say, this kid likes this stuff. <laughs> what happens with that? Yeah. You know, is there anything about that? Oh, there's this whole group of people who like... You know, you find that must, yeah, I can imagine that being like literally mind-blowing to be like, oh, oh my God, this yeah, is like yeah. other and people. And I the room wasn't as big as I imagined it. Right. In my mind, it was like eight football fields of people, dealers with comics, you know, and, and I bought so many. I remember buying it that because it was just, it was what I could afford, but it was cool. Captain America 100, which was the reintroduction of the title of Captain America. Mm-hmm. So I got that and I got uh, Captain Marvel, the, the Marvel comics, Captain Marvel, when he was in a green and white suit drawn by Gene Colan. I got the first issue of that. And those are, they're worth, it's funny, they're worth like, I bought them for $4 then and they're worth 300 something now. But then wow. the ones like I, I was buying comics at the time when the X-Men came back mm-hmm. you know so i have those and those are my most expensive my most valuable comics Whoa. thousands of dollars and do you still uh collect new stuff or you no know, i you- don't at all and and i'll tell you one thing and i feel bad for kids these days is because to me it's too diffuse yeah There's so many titles for each character and i can't even tell which is really what i used to have a series of like, I guess there still is maybe the title, The Incredible Hulk. The Amazing Spider-Man. There is Spider-Man. the Amazing Spider-Man. I think there is still Captain America. But there's so many variations, and, uh, and they cost so much more because there's no That's ads. Crazy, they have yeah. to make it all off the cost. You know, when I was a kid, they paid the, the, the price, which is true with almost all media. That newsstand price is irrelevant. That's why if you subscribe, they're willing to practically give it away for you because the way they sell ads is to say, this many people read our magazine. They'd rather have you read the magazine than get your money. And it was the same way with comics. The the ads paid for it, so comics were the comics didn't go up for almost two decades. They were ten wow. cents from 1940 to 1960. They crawled up to 12 cents, then 15, 20. And then I remember when I came back to having some money and checked into one of these specialty stores, which is the only place they sell comics, basically. A, a few of them now at Barnes & Noble or something, but it used to be like it was drug stores and stuff. Like when I, mine was at a newspaper liquor store, and they had a rack of comics at it. But um, I went into one of them, I'm like, what? 
A comic cost three ninety five, you know, and so kids couldn't collect that many. I mean, right. And the most allowance I think I'd be willing to give my kid to go buy comics would be about twenty five bucks a week. You couldn't really buy much. You buy five comics. That's, it is crazy. I used to buy. They were twenty cents. I used to get four dollars for mowing the woman's lawn next door to me, and I would go and spend all that on comics. And when they were twenty cents, I'd get twenty comics. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, you'd have to spend like a hundred dollars to could, get. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you're saying about the ads because I was a huge Mad Magazine fan, uh-huh. uh, and I had my dad's old ones from the sixties and early seventies. Uh-huh. But I thought the shift was when they when they actually started having ads in the mad, mad like real oh. ads in it. And I was like, I this oh, is like oh the they end. used to be a more expensive they, magazine with no ads. No, they, it was that they what they did was they never had any ads. They only had ad parodies. Uh-huh. But then they went added ads and made it a color book because the old ones are all newsprint uh-huh. inside uh-huh. and. I yeah. was like, this is... Against- What's well, funny, I think everybody likes what they grew up with because I like that crappy paper with the blurry you, color. Yes. I like newsprint. And now everything's glossy and sharp. I like the newsprint. You know? And also, it's like... I've read a little bit about Man Magazine, but the William Gaines, who was the main editor, he was like, it should always be cheap and look crappy. You, you know, know like- why he got into that? He was a horror yes, comic guy. Yes, yes. And then the comic code came around. You couldn't make horror comics. He goes, okay, I'll make humor comics. Yeah, <laughs> it's... Ama- I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, but... I guess once you get older, everything seems better when you're younger, so there's not much to it. Um, well, I thank you so much for uh, coming on, talking some True Blood and all this stuff. Uh, is there any uh, last note that you want to leave on or say to the millions of, of listeners? Uh, you have millions there? of listeners. Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, you, you, they probably heard a lot about stuff, I think, already, but uh, it was fun. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much to Ian Roberts for uh, joining me to talk True Blood, urban uh, fantasy, and uh, nerding out a little bit with me. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a fan, you can follow on Twitter at It's That Episode or at Craig Rowan and on Facebook. And leave a um, a uh, iTunes review if you'd like. It helps the show out. It's good to hear some feedback. And... It also is a good way to spend some quality time at your computer, which I'd recommend you should all do. It's uh, how often are you really spending time with your computer? Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week with an all new episode and uh, have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos.